praying this afternoon. Uh, I, I didn't come to men's Bible study this morning trying to catch cattle and calves and, and get calves weaned and, and, and got a lot going on this week. And, and so I, I, I kind of I had a, a good basis for my sermon. And, and uh, man, I, I got uh, the two bunches of cows caught and calves sorted and everything done. And it was a great day. And, and I was thinking, man, everything is rolling smooth. And I got my sermon mostly done. And I, I, I took my nap like I always do. That's part of the ritual. You got to, you know, you got to take a nap so you can get spiritual in that, right? Do you, do you do that? I, mean, I, I taught that by one of my mentors. That's how you shut your mind down from everything else. And, and, and as Lander about to sleep, the Lord gave me that title. And that a lot of times is what he'll do for me. He gives me that title. And I was like, okay, God, what scriptures are we going to use to fit all that? But one of the things that I wanted to read, first of all, because it's, I said, everything's about to change. And, you know, I could make this sermon all about just change, but I, I was reminded this book at have you ever heard of that? John Mason's book, uh, let, let Go of Whatever Makes You Stop. And you can tell this one's kind of wore out. I've had it a long time. And, and don't ask to borrow it because I will not loan it to you. But I'll tell you how to get your own. You can ask us. But it's, a, it's got nuggets and little quotes in it. And, and one of the things that he says here about change, he says, when you're through changing, you're through. You're done. Most people fail in life because you're, you're unwilling to make changes. But the fact is, is the, the fact is that correction and change always bring a fruitful result. You know, we ought to be willing, even as old as you are, be willing to change. And maybe as young as you are is willing to change, as right as you are. You ever, you ever been absolutely right, but maybe still need to change, maybe in a relationship? All kinds, uh, all mankind is divided into three classes. Those who are unchangeable, those who are changeable, and those who cause change. Change is always the hardest for a man who is in a rut. I grew up, up, up well, I didn't grow up there. I, I moved up my last two years up to Nash. And I, I went to live with my aunt and uncle out, in, out on the farm, out right uh, across the section from where my mom grew up and where now we have the, gra I have the grass and run my cows and everything up in that country south of Nash. It's, it, we call it out in the hills. And now there's gravel. I mean, you know, as long as you pick and choose where you go, you can get about anywhere out through there. But there's certain places when it's, when it's rained a lot, you just don't want to go. But on the roads that we had to go five miles into town, when it rained, it didn't matter. You still had to get there. When we had a rodeo, we still hooked on to the, there were times we hooked on to the four-horse trailer on the dually pickup and hook a, a four-wheel drive tractor ahead of it and just drag it all the way out. When we'd come home from the rodeo, we'd just ride, drive in till we got stuck. We'd unload the horses and ride the rest of the way in. Oh, man, I remember one night we come in, it was raining, and, and we didn't want to, oh, my cousin, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to saddle because it's raining, so we're riding bareback. And we're riding bareback about two and a half miles in a pitch black, in a rain, in a thunderstorm, all kinds of boogers everywhere. I mean, I ain't, I'm not real. I'm not liking this uh, uh, riding by uh, bareback anyway. And uh, man, I mean, the, these horses. Yeah, they'd been all over the world, but that at that that time they knew where we were headed to home, and they didn't want to go slow. And I uh, anyway, that's has little to do with my sermon, but it's a great story. <laughs> but in that hills, in this in that country, you would get stuck in a rut. Because there, before there was gravel on the roads, you just kept driving down that, and you'd use that rut to keep you where you is in the middle of the road. Some of you lived out on them country roads like that. If you, if you got out of the rut, you're liable to end up in the ditch. 
So you stayed in the rut. I remember one time, though, Uncle Sam bought a new pickup, and, we, and it came with the factory, I call them slicks, but the regular, regular street tread tires on this four-wheel drive pickup. It didn't matter. We, didn't have, we had four-wheel drive, but it didn't matter. We decided we were going to get out of the ruts. And we spent 20 minutes going back and forth in this intersection, trying to climb out of them ruts. We'd winding it up, throwing mud everywhere. And finally, we got out of those ruts. No, I think actually we gave up and just went on around the other way. But listen, we can't be stuck in a rut. You got to be willing to change. He says, uh, for the hardest one to change is the one who's in a rut, for he has scaled down his living to that which he can handle comfortably and welcomes no change or challenge that would lift him up. When things go wrong, don't go with them. Uh, don't go with, with them. Stubbornness and unwillingness to change is the energy of fools. You know, there's all kinds of different quotes in this book on, just on that subject alone. But I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And we, we've been in Ephesians the last several weeks, and we didn't ever get to this passage of Scripture. But this Ephesians chapter 2, I mean, the book of Ephesians is just so rich. I, I love it. But Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 12, he says, Remember. I caught that whenever you was talking about remembering and your remembrance stones and, and, and all of that. I thought that's pretty interesting. But he says in verse 12, remember that at, the, at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise without hope and without God in the world. You know, he's talking to those that he was writing this to Ephesians or to Ephesus church in that region. And those were people that were outside of the Jewish faith, outside of the Jewish religion. They had no hope with God, but something changed. See, you got to realize that he said you were once separated from Christ. Remember that. I think that's the, the benefit of Mary bringing her testimony. That's what testimonies do. We remember when we had no hope or when we were running from God. Y'all have heard some of my times where I was running from God. Now, fortunately, I didn't run... At, 34 years, I only ran about three or four. But when I turned to God, there was, that, there was that change. There was that choice to make that difference, that change. Verse 13 says, but now. See, you were once, in, in that verse 12, foreigners from the covenant of promise, without hope, without God. But now, verse 13 says, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Man, isn't it, isn't it nice there's a, that but now? See, that's what we experience when we make Jesus Christ Lord of our life. I love the way that she's approached this and, and, and brought in those songs to begin with because it might not be anybody here. could be, but it could be those that are watching. We have people watch from all over the country, sometimes out of, the, out of this country, that people watch, and, 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 and you have an opportunity to be a part of this service even if you're watching this years later, months later, many times later, that, that we're, you can know that if you're without God, there is a but now. See, the but now is, the, is for them the moment they were presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice he said in Christ. That's what we've been talking about the last two weeks. Remember, we, we've been talking about seeing ourselves in Christ. And, and here he's, he's relating that to us, challenging us in, in that understanding. This, this verse 14, it says, For he himself is our peace, talking about Jesus, who has made the two groups one, the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by settling, setting aside in his flesh the law 
with its commands and regulations, His purpose was created in Himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both together to God. Notice it says, through the cross. You see, we got to understand that in order to receive the benefits of, of a life change, we have to go to that place of the, the, the cross. You know, that's the wonderful thing. He said there were two groups. You know, that's one of the things that, that the world, that, that the, I think the, the spirit of Antichrist is trying to do is divide us by setting us aside into two groups. You can't be this and that. You got to be separated. Well, listen, we can make a choice and a decision when we make Jesus Christ Lord of our life that, that we've, we can remember the fact that before the cross, we're all the same. We're all equal. We're all in need. In, in this time that, uh, 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 that he's talking about all the way to now, it's still the same. It all begins and ends at the cross. And when we make and accept Jesus Christ, we've begun that process of change. You know, I think you, uh, in, in verse chapter 2, verse 4, I love this. He says, But because of his great love for us, the God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in trespasses. It is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up to, with him and seated us with, with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Boy, and he just goes on, he's, talk, he's talking more about that in Christ. You know, it's amazing to me when, when we think about the fact that we were once separated from God, we were once dead in trespass and sin, but something changed. I pray you've made that choice, that decision. You've come to that place of knowing and, and having that change. You've been there and, and, and made that decision to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you, Lord. I'm going to come to the cross. I'm going to receive him. So... When I begin to look at, at, uh, at some examples of change and transformation, uh, we, can, we can turn to Matthew chapter 16. I love this, this passage, this example out of Matthew chapter 16. But can you say something with me? Say, something's about to change. Try that again. Say, something's about to change. Amen. You know, here's the thing. You just set yourself up for change. You just set yourself up. You opened yourself up for change. Some of you went, uh-oh, whoa. I ain't going to listen to him. I ain't going to say what repeat. Whoa, what'd you just have me repeat? I don't like change. But let me ask you something. Uh, if, if you needed it and it was good, would you like it? You know, I know, I know there are these strange people in the world who go to the same restaurant, eat the same thing. Now, I'm not one of those. There's probably some of you here. You, you don't want to venture out. Now, I have been a few times, and I'm not real picky, but, uh, but you know, there's been a few times where I've tried something different. Now, when I, I, there are certain places I go, and I mean, that is my dish, man. That, uh, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the Mexican restaurant right there? El, El Patio. El, El Patio. The, the uh, uh, Carna Adobe. Oh, son, that is so good. I love it. Get, get flour tortillas, or if you like them corn, oh, man, I'm going to make some of you hungry. But I can take that, and I, can eat, I eat that almost every time. Now, one time I didn't, I changed, and I didn't like it. I, 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 I said, but I, here's what I made a decision of. I'm not changing to that again. Doesn't mean it, at some point I might not try something else. I'll, I'll say, Sue, you order something different. I'll, I'll just eat a little of yours and see if I like it. 
So you can just, you can just see some of you, that change thing, you just kind of dip your toe in and just kind of get a little test. You know, there's just time. We, how many of you, when you get in a swimming pool, you just jump in? That's me. Who's like that? Anybody? Anybody just jump in or you go easing in? Well, if you ease in, it's painful. That's the way my wife, she'd always go. <laughs> yeah, I look goofy right then, but I got to laugh out of it. But you know what? I just always go, come on, let's go, just jump in. I'm willing to do that. But here's the thing. Peter, I, I, I love this story in verse 13. When Jesus was in the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? He's asking the question. And we know they said, well, you're just one of the prophets. And then it was all of this moment where, verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And I'm doing the short version of this scripture. You know I teach this and, and take a lot of time with it, but I'm not going to do that. But verse 17, Jesus replied. Now what happened? Peter had a moment where God spoke to him. He realized through revelation who God was or who Jesus was. He called him or pronounced him as the Messiah. And it says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And he said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. Now listen, Peter was not, had not been his name or, the, or what he was called up till that point. He was Simon, son of Jonah. Well, the understanding of that word Simon was just kind of a, uh, it was a reed. It was, he, he was just kind of wishy-washy. You, you ever, if, you've, if you study the Old Testament, you know there was uh, Israel and uh, Jacob. Or Jacob and Israel? Yeah, that's it. He'd go back and forth, back and forth, depending on how they were acting. Well, that's kind of what they should have done with Peter. They should have called him Simon a whole lot because there were a whole lot of times he was, Mr., I'm going to be influenced by everything around me, the reed. But in that revelation, he was changed to ro a rock. Rock meaning Petra, meaning part of, the, uh, part of the rock, the revelation of Jesus Christ that the church is built on. He said, man, you got it. Something is different. He was changed. See, here's the thing. When we, when we get into the things of God and we begin to understand who God or how God is operating in our lives, he will begin to change things in us. Man, I, I tell you what, you ought, to, you ought to wake up every morning and say, okay, God, here I am. Here I am. Use me. Change me. Make it do, do in me whatever needs to be done. You say, oh, that's scary. I always laugh at people to say, you know, don't pray for patience. Oh, don't pray for patience. Why not? The Bible says it's a good thing. Oh, you get trouble. You get reasons to be patient. Well, if that's what it takes, no pain, no gain, right? What have you ever accomplished in your life that, didn't require, that was good that didn't require a little work? All I want to do is I want to show up for the job. I want to show up with God and say, God, what do you have for me today? I, I want it. If there's some kind of change, something you need to bring in my life, you know, uh, you're going to do it. My wife's going to get up here and introduce the Mary during the women's conference, aren't you, baby? Yes, you're going to get up here and have the mic. I told her, you know, I should have had you come down here tonight and get comfortable. She always likes to hide in the back. 
And I've always told her, I said, look, you are a woman of God who is called alongside me and you got all this good stuff to say. And now she's like, oh, she's nervous. Now I just made her even more nervous. But you know what, you ladies, when you come tomorrow, you just love her and encourage her and don't let her back out. <laughs> oh, she's mad at me now. No, no, she isn't. Well, yeah, she might be. <laughs> It'll be all right. We've been married long enough. She'll get over it. But you know what? Here's the thing. I always tell her, I say, you want to keep, te you want to tease me? Get the mic. You come on now. You can do it. But see, sometimes we got to be willing to change. Sometimes we got to be willing to say, God, what do you have for me? And you know what? Here's the thing. We have a, a good father. We have one who loves us. He's not out to make us look bad. He's not out, out to embarrass us. He's not out to put us in a place that's, that, that he's ready. He's there to take us through the place that we need to be. He says, Peter, your name's now, you are now no longer that one who's, who's waffling back and forth, but you're that one who's solid, that one who, who uh, is bringing change. But you know what? Let me ask you a question. If Jesus asked you who he was, or if you were asked who is Jesus in your life, if I ask you that question, can you say he's my Lord? Can you say he's the Messiah? Can, he, can you say he's the one who I entrust my life to? You know what? There's no better place to be than in that place. Can you call him Lord? You see, is Jesus the Lord and, and your only hope? You see, if he, is, if he is your Lord, let me ask you this. Are you, are you living a changed life? You know, one of the things that I noticed whenever I made Jesus Lord of my life, I began to do things different. didn't mean that I did it instantly. It didn't mean that there wasn't challenges. In that example of, of Peter, it wasn't just a couple of verses, and he's rebuking Jesus, telling him now what he needs to do, and Jesus called him Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. That's pretty, <laughs> that's going from hero to zero, right, in about two verses. But G, he, he was still a work in progress, and I know some of you are too. But let me just mention a couple of things. What, is, what does this change bring? I, I'm just going to mention these verses real quickly because we want to get through them. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that any man or any person who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. Man, I tell you what, when we make Jesus Lord of our life, our spirit man is born again. That's why that term is, is it means never existed before. New creation. Now, you are a work in progress, but I can guarantee you, you are a new creation. You say, man, sometimes I don't feel safe. Sometimes I don't act safe. Sometimes I'm not, I'm, I'm working to get there. But I can tell you this, that God is at work in you and he's brought the, he's bringing the right change, but it begins on our spirit, man, on the inside. The second thing is this, is that 2 Corinthians 3, 17 talks about freedom. He says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. I'm tell you what, when we get when we make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives, truly Lord of our lives, freedom comes. Not freedom to do any old thing we want, but freedom to be to be able to become what God has called us to be. There's a freedom to, to fail and, and know it's not the end, end, end of it all. There's a freedom to trust, knowing that God's bigger than if people fail us. There, there's a freedom to, to come before God, at, and it says to come into his presence with singing and his courts with praise. It, it says to come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and help in time of need. I'm telling you what, there's a freedom in Christ Jesus that comes as a result. And, and listen, there's a whole lot of things. I'm only going to hit three of them that come as a result of a relationship with Jesus Christ. But the third one is this, is, is we're transformed. And, and in that 2 Corinthians 3.18, 
It says we're transformed. Well, you know what? Being transformed, what that means, it's, it's the same Greek word that's in Romans 12 too, which is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It means, yes, our spirit man's new, but this flesh and this mind and this, it's all being renewed and transformed and changed. And so if we're unwilling to change, we're unwilling to become all that God wants us to be. But when, we're, when we set our heart before God and, uh, and allow Him to begin to work, it means that we go through that process like, that's where we get the word metamorphosis, it's like the, like the, the tadpole into the frog. That's, that's you men, right? Tadpole into the frog. There's a, that was a joke, but there's a transition there. I was going to say the, 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 the caterpillar and the butterfly for you ladies, right? It was pretty and all that, all that good stuff. But here's the thing. There's a transformation but what does it do? It takes time. There's certain stages, certain seasons, certain processes. I'd love to just tell you, man, you make Jesus Lord, everything's perfect, all is good, you're a person of faith, you know how to pray, you want to read your Bible, you never want to sin again. But that, that's not the truth. The truth is we show up and we ask the Lord, God, I'm going to open this word. I don't understand it. You know what? The Bible says we got the Holy Spirit as a helper. He's a counselor. He's a helper who helps us to understand all these things. Now, I want to close with this. Look, look at Luke 17. And I want us to see this, this passage. And I'm moving fairly fast, but boy, I'll tell you what, when the Holy Spirit gave me this message today, I thought this is a word for us today. Everybody say, say something's about to change. Amen. I, I, I believe that, and it'll be good. In uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11, he says, Now on, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And he stood at a distance and called out to him aloud, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So they called on Jesus as Lord. They said, Master, have mercy, have pity on us. So they called out to him. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, the importance of going to the priest was that was what they were supposed to do according to Jewish law. If they were healed of leprosy, they had to be proven by the priest. That's the, the purpose of that. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't lay hands on them. He didn't do anything special. He didn't pronounce any big uh, statement over them. He simply said, go show yourselves to the priest. There was obedience. See, here's the thing. Some of you are praying for one thing, a specific thing, an exact thing, but yet God has given you something that he's already said, go do this, or, or here's where we need to begin. And you're like, uh, I don't, I don't want to begin there. You know, I, I want to begin over here. I, this is why I came to you, God, or this is what I want, God, or this is what I... God may have a progression. He may have a process. He may have a a little better view and perspective of your life than you do. You say, I don't want to do it that way. Then you're, you're being that person who doesn't want to change. But see, God's saying, do it his way. He says, go show yourself to the priest. And, and notice it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Would they have received the miracle if they hadn't went? If they hadn't been obedient? No. But notice what one of them in verse 15 said. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. 
Now notice this. Jesus asked, when, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The King James uses the word whole there translated. He, he said, your faith has made you whole. But see, here's the thing. He came back and he threw himself at Jesus' feet. You know, in all those things that I, that I talked about, I think sometimes I, 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 was, I was thinking about those of you who have been saved a long, long time. I mean, some of you, I'm just joking about the age thing, but a long time. Now, some of us, I mean, I've lived most of my life outside of maybe three years serving God, walking with God all my life. I sometimes need to be reminded to go back and remember. The, uh, sometimes I, I make that prayer, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Let me, let me remember the value of the cross Throw, throw yourself sometimes at the feet of Jesus and just thank him that he's made you whole, that he's provided for you salvation. He's provided you the opportunity to walk with him. You know, I also was thinking about those who maybe are just barely saved. Maybe what you need to do is also remember, you know what? When the devil tries to tell you you can't do this or you're not good enough, when, the, when, when you begin to not feel very saved, this is a time when you also can throw yourself at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I praise you, I worship you, I thank you for what you provided for me. You've given me salvation. If there's nothing else, that's enough. If I, if I don't receive the healing I'm believing for, if I don't see these people I'm praying for saved. If I don't see another miracle in my life, it's enough to just say thank you, Lord, for salvation. Now, I, I don't turn loose. I believe in God for the miracle and those praying and continue on. But make that determination, God, I'm going to put on that attitude of praise and that attitude of worship. You see, they all called him master. They all acknowledged him, but one came back and they praised him. You see, he got it all. He didn't just get a little bit. He got it all. So let me just challenge you tonight that as you, as you come before God on a regular, no matter how long you've been saved, no, long, no matter what dis choice and decision or how long that choice and decision has been made, be willing to come before God and say, okay, God, is there anything that I need to do different? Is there anything that you'd like to change in me? Some of you, it heal your relationships. Some of you would change your finances. Some of you, it would, it would make work enjoyable. There, there's something. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's, in a, maybe it's an approach to people. Maybe it's your tone of your voice. Maybe it's the smile on your face or the lack thereof. You know, I'm amazed sometimes that I catch myself, and I'm, I'm a pretty happy guy. But, I, I mean, there's times when I think I'm, 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 I've got this scowl on my face. It's like... Dude, you need, to, you need to change that. It could be something as simple as that. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how when you put a smile on, how everything begins to change? Well, listen, you, if you, and you say, well, what do I have to smile about? We just talked about the cross. 
Well, listen, as we get ready to close, I want you to, I want you to think about this and receive this word. Say, say, God, is there anything that I need to do? Is there anything that needs to change? You know what the, you know what the wonderful thing about God is? He knows exactly where you are and exactly what you've done and exactly what you need. All he needs is us being willing. And if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, Mary, as Mary's getting ready to come up, that's a very simple process. You simply say, Jesus, cry out to him like those lepers did. Cry out to him and say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I receive the gift of salvation. I want to make you Lord and Savior. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we just come before you and tonight we thank and praise you that, that we can't change unless we're willing to bring it to you. And Father, if there's anybody at the sound of my voice that has not made Jesus Lord or you're not sure, I just ask, Lord God, that, that you just stir within them that desire, that courage, that boldness to say yes to you. That you'll make that decision, that choice to say, Jesus, I repent of my sin and I call upon you as Lord and I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life. Jesus name. Amen. If you're online or if you're watching, you can, you can contact us. If you're here, I want to meet with you anytime you can. There's business cards out there. My phone number's on them. You can call me or we can meet up here. If you need prayer, we're going to have Mary come and sing and uh, we're going to dismiss and have prayer. If you need prayer for anything, if you want prayer for whatever, we're going to meet some of us, just a few of us up there. Otherwise, Let's give Mary a round of applause. Get her back up here. 